to the Good With Money Smug Money podcast, a podcast that helps you be good with your cash and where we find out how investment managers are being good with your cash. My name is Rebecca Jones and I'm editor of Good With Money. Today I'm joined by Seb Bilo, who is partner at Web Asset Management and is going to be talking to us about decarbonizing investment portfolios. Hi Seb, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Not at all. Good to be here. Fantastic. So, you guys have just published a very interesting impact report in which you've been talking about the work that you're doing on decarbonizing portfolios, or your portfolio rather, which of course is already quite low carbon, being one of the mm-hmm. leading sustainable investment funds in the universe. So, I was hoping that you might be able to just give us a little bit of uh, education when it comes to low carbon portfolios because I think when people think of those they naturally think purely renewable energy so could you tell us a little bit more about what a carbon a low carbon portfolio actually contains yeah sure Um, I I think there are probably two ways two ways to think about this to be honest you can achieve a low carbon portfolio in terms of direct carbon emissions from companies that you invest in Uh, you can achieve that by you know, in a relatively straightforward way, if you want, you can invest in a bunch of banks or uh, telecom, uh, um, internet, IT companies who have low carbon emissions. Um, and you know, strictly speaking, you're you're that you then have a very low carbon portfolio. Um, but that isn't, I think, what most people think of when they think about a low carbon portfolio. Um, that that also, for most people, I think, includes what companies are doing so uh, like you say uh, most people I think when they think about a low carbon portfolio or a fund will think about renewable energy because that's obviously delivering um, zero carbon electricity to their clients that's the product that they're selling Um, and that's how we think about it as well actually so so our focus is very much on companies that are providing products that help their clients reduce carbon emissions. So obviously renewable energy, um, but it's much, much broader than that. The the whole shift to uh, a zero carbon economy, which in the UK at least, we're now very much on that trajectory. We have a legal obligation now to be zero carbon, net zero carbon by 2050, and that's gonna affect the whole economy. So two other areas that are really important in that are transport and buildings as well. Um, over nearly 50% of our emissions come from those two sectors. Um, so the shift to electric cars is really important in terms of reducing carbon emissions. And we invest in a number of companies that are helping that happen. One called Aptiv, which is a US business, and they make a lot of the uh, electrical architecture that goes into electric cars. So they'll make power distribution, they'll make the wiring systems, They'll make the sensors as well that go into cars, into electric cars. So they're a big part of the whole electric car, electric vehicle, EV supply chain. Um, so that's one area. And then the other area, which is really important as well, is buildings. Uh, we use a lot of energy in our buildings and we use it pretty inefficiently as well. Our buildings are pretty poorly insulated. Um, and so there's a big... Uh, Big investment story around making buildings more efficient and we invest in a um, an Irish company called Kingspan that make um, insulation panels that, that help buildings become much more efficient 
Um, so that's a, a big part of uh, our investment strategy as well, buildings uh, as well as transport. Well, that sounds pretty comprehensive and definitely a little bit more than simply solar or wind power. But, but on that topic, do, do you invest in web sustainability in either solar or wind? We do. We invest in, in wind. Um, we, we invest in a company called Siemens Gamesa, which is one of the world's largest wind turbine manufacturers. Um, and we also invest in a company called TPI Composites, which makes the, the blades, the wind turbine blades, uh, for companies like Siemens Gamesa and the other wind turbine manufacturers. So we do invest in wind. We don't invest in solar, um, not because we don't think solar is an amazing technology, which it is. Um, and one of the reasons it's amazing is because it's actually relatively easy to manufacture a solar, a solar panel, and loads of people do it, and it's an extremely competitive market, which we all benefit from as consumers. We can buy solar systems now 80% um, more cheaply than we could seven or eight years ago. So the prices have come down incredibly quickly, which is a great story for us as consumers of panels, but it's been a terrible story for the manufacturers of those panels. Um, none of them really make any money at all. So although it's a great impact story, a great um, investment, a great, uh, you know, it has a wonderful positive impact on the world, it's been a really difficult place to invest. And so that's why we don't currently invest in solar. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about the fantastic calculations that you put together for your impact report? And in fact, online using the calculator where you show how much a certain amount invested in your portfolio does in the world. So for example, 1 million invested in web sustainability takes 800 tonnes, I believe, of CO2 out of the atmosphere. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Perfect. Which is fantastic. However, also later on in the report, you talk about how your investee companies also create 65 tonnes of CO2 annually. So how does offsetting those two things work within a sustainable portfolio? Yeah, I should just um, clarify the, the 800 tonnes that we report, that we call that avoided carbon. So it's not, you're not actually taking 800 tonnes of carbon out of the atmosphere, but you are avoiding the emission of 800 tonnes of carbon uh, emissions. So, uh, for example, by investing in, like, you know, in Kingspan, this company I just mentioned that makes building insulation, they, as a company, uh, provide a number annually of the amount of carbon emissions that have been avoided through the use of their product. So by better insulating buildings, those buildings use less energy because they use that energy more efficiently, um, and therefore you avoid the emission of carbon because you're using less energy. Um, and we basically um, use that number, we calculate what proportion of that we can attribute to our fund because we only own a portion of, of the company. Um, and then we do that for all the other companies where we can get data. Um, and we add all of that up and it comes to about 870 tonnes of avoided carbon per million pounds invested in the fund. Um, so that's carbon that's avoided through the use of the products uh, that the companies sell, like the insulation, like the electric cars. Um, and then we offset that against the amount of carbon that those companies generate in their operations. So Kingspan, when they make these insulation panels, obviously they use energy, and some of that energy is still coming from fossil sources. So they do generate carbon emissions in their manufacturing processes. Uh, and so we take 
870 tons of avoided carbon, subtract the, the 65 tons per million pounds that we know our companies generate through their operations, and you end up with the 800 tons uh, net figure of CO2 that's been avoided. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Thank you. Uh, and then if we could talk about the, the investee companies, because obviously even when you're investing in very good companies and companies that are doing positive things for the world, they're still going to be emitting carbon. So yeah. how, do you, how do you balance that decision when you're investing in, in companies? Yeah, so it's, um, it's a good question. And we, um, we are very cognizant of the emissions that companies generate in their, in their operations um, and uh, as you can see from the numbers there, 800, 870 tons of voided carbon, only 65 tons of generated carbon. So there's, there's a huge overall positive impact from the portfolio. Um, but it could be even better, you know, and it needs to be better because, as I said, by 2050 in the UK, actually globally, the science says we have to be at net zero carbon emissions by 2050. That's only, you know, just over 50 years away. Um, so all of our companies need to get to a point where really they are emitting no carbon from their operations. Um, so we do engage with companies around that agenda um, and encourage them to set more ambitious targets for their own carbon reduction efforts. Um, and that is beginning to work. We do see some companies setting themselves really quite aggressive targets around carbon reduction. Um, and they do that not just because, you know, the, the, the care about the planet. Uh, in, in many cases, it's it's also just good business. They're preparing their their businesses for a future where carbon is increasingly expensive, um, and so by making sure that they're using or creating as little carbon as possible, we think that they are that's a sensible strategy for their businesses over the long term. Which industry do you think is doing the best work at the moment in terms of decarbonizing? I mean, uh, one might think of the energy industry, but that might not be the answer. Yeah, no, I think that probably is the answer. I mean, the, the, um, in the UK, we, haven't, we went for a period of two weeks earlier this year where we didn't use any coal power at all. Um, we regularly, half of our energy in the UK, or sorry, half of our electricity in the UK comes from low carbon sources, including renewables and also nuclear. Uh, but over half, um, our emissions from our power sector are lower than they were in the 1870s. Uh, we have, we've done a phenomenal job uh, with, with reducing carbon emissions in the power sector in the UK. Uh, and that's true in many other countries as well. So the power sector has really done a great job. They've got a lot more to do, but they are, they are doing a great job. Um, the other sectors that have fallen behind, transport is a problem, which we've talked about. But we can see a path to that playing its, its fair share by uh, moving to electric vehicles. Um, buildings we've talked about as well, that you know, we, we, uh, heating in, in buildings is a, is a real problem and we don't quite know how that's gonna be solved, but we have aggressive targets around that too. In the UK, for example, no new, no, no new homes can use gas boilers from 2025 in the UK. Um, and that's so that's that's a that's a agreed legislation so no new homes can be built using traditional gas boilers in the uk from 2025 so um buildings is going to have to up their game as well in terms of meeting these targets the one area which is a real problem i have to say is air transport 
it's currently only about 2% of global emissions, 2 to 3%. Um, but, but there's no real technology that, uh, that people can point to uh, as a way of making sure that uh, the, the air transport industry reduces its emissions. It's still growing very quickly and it's still completely dependent, or almost completely dependent on fossil fuels. So that is an area that's uh, um, a real concern. I'm sure I read something about an electric plane the other day, or was that maybe just a spoof article? No, no, there, well, there are electric planes, but they're, um, they're only suitable for uh, short-haul uh, journeys um, and small as well. So there was one that was launched at the Paris Air Show last week, actually, perhaps that's the one that you, you, um, you saw. And they are selling those, or they, are, they will be selling those commercially, but they're, they're pretty limited, short-haul, you know, 10 passengers or, more, or, or less, and of course, most of the airline industry is, you know, transporting much bigger, using much bigger planes, traveling much further distances and, and electric planes don't work for that yet. Maybe they will, but at the moment, they, they're, they're a long way from being able to do that kind of um, job. Well, fingers crossed, so we can all feel a little bit less guilty about going on holiday. Um, but returning to your portfolios, so do you think, you said earlier on in the call that you, you feel that, you know, there's always more that can be done. So... What, what can you do to further decarbonize the portfolio, if anything? For us at Web, do you mean? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, um, we do, we, you know, we are a long way ahead of most of the financial sector, to be honest. I mean, we have you know, very low carbon emissions, the 65 tonnes per million pounds invested is, is very low compared to the, the market as a whole and then of course we have this positive story with the carbon avoided through the products but um, you know we, we can work with companies encourage companies like I said to to reduce their own emissions to shift to more renewable energy um, and of course we can we can do more to, to improve the, the impact of their products as well to, to uh, encourage Kingspan to develop products that are even better for building efficiency uh, to innovate uh, with new technologies that help to reduce emissions in other places as well, like in, in air transport, perhaps. So there's a, there's a long way to go, but um, and we are certainly not perfect. But but I think the bigger job, frankly, is to get the rest of the financial services sector to really start to engage with this agenda more uh, more fully. And how do we get them to do that, Seb? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's beginning to happen. Um, I think a big tool for this is around policy, to be honest. I think the um, setting, setting targets uh, and setting uh, technology pathways to hit those targets is really important. So this thing about no new home building in the UK with gas-fired boilers, I think is a very important signal to the industry to start to develop alternative technologies that, that enable people to heat their homes without using gas boilers. Um, and of course you can do that. There are, there are technologies. We don't have a gas boiler in our house. We have a heat pump um, and we'll see much more of that. But those targets that drive the industry towards lower carbon technologies are really important. And of course then the financial services sector will respond to that because the companies that are making that equipment uh, will perform very well and attract further investment. Um, and the, the parts of the market that are still focused on fossil fuels will suffer because they won't be able to sell so much of their products. So, so that's really important. 
I think it's also just an awareness thing, to be honest, although it's astonishing really for me because I live in this, this world all the time thinking about climate change and sustainability. But of course, that's not true for large parts of the financial services market who still aren't familiar with some of these issues and probably don't understand quite how serious the situation is and how uh, determined governments are to push the economy towards a, a, a zero a zero carbon target. Um, and so uh, there's still a job to do around education and um, helping people understand that this isn't about tree hugging. This isn't about saving the planet. This is actually about saving ourselves, saving the economy. Um, and um, the, the, the world will have to respond at some point because the, the impacts of climate change have become unbearable. Um, and in, you know, I don't think we're that far from there, to be honest. Um, but for some people, still, the penny hasn't dropped. Which always feels disappointing, doesn't it? I mean, the science seems quite clear, but, but there are a lot of uh, countries and uh, companies that are invested otherwise, which I guess is the problem. But do you feel that, that you and your peers, so, you know, you've been blazing a trail for, for almost the longest, I think, in this space, and then there are lots of other sustainable investment managers doing great work as well. Are you doing as much as you could do to help facilitate this change, or could you be doing more? Well, I think at Web, I mean, we have our, our investment strategy, which we um, we tell as many people who want to hear the story as we can about. We, you know, one of the things that I think we've we've helped to do is to um, uh, communicate impact a bit better to to people. The impact calculator that we mentioned is one tool that hopefully helps people see the importance that uh, how they invest their money, how, they, how important that can be. Um, but, you know, I think the SRI community as a whole, it, it, you know, none of us are being radical enough. You know, we have such a long way to go in terms of this transition. Uh, in spite of the progress that we've made today, we still have so far to go. Um, and, um, you know, we do need to be more radical in terms of uh, pushing the companies that we invest in to reduce their emissions more quickly. We need to find new businesses that have, uh, you know, radical new technologies that help to massively reduce emissions. Um, it, that can be a challenge because some of those companies are very small and early stage still, and our particular strategy is a bit more uh, mid-sized mid businesses that, are, that have a bit more of a track record. Um, but um, there's, there's, there's an awful lot more to do, and I think we could all be, be pushing harder, including Web. Well, that's a refreshingly honest answer, Sam. Well, I think it's the, it's the truth, you know. I mean, I, I, we are at Web. I think we're doing as much as anyone uh, on this. And in fact, I think we're doing much more than the vast majority. But we have a huge challenge in front of us as a, as a society, as an economy, to deal with climate change and to adapt to it. And uh, and we we all need to be doing more. Um, and um, but I'm not I'm not depressed about it. I think this is a very exciting time. Uh, for for investing in this area, there's there's a lot happening. Uh, it's just that it's a bit late, and we need we need to keep the pressure up. Great. Well, what what can we as as individuals or a global society rather? What's the one thing that we all really need to be doing to to help curb a climate crisis? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a single thing to be honest. I mean, some of this is going to be relatively painless actually I, I mean I think uh, as I said earlier we have a, um, 
a heat pump that uh, that heats our house um, very comfortable. You know, we don't feel we've had to make any sacrifice. In fact, it's been great. We save a lot of uh, cost on our energy bills. Um, so, so some of it, I think, is going to be relatively easy. Even renewable energy now is actually uh, cheaper in most parts of the world than traditional uh, fossil fuel power. So onshore wind, for example, is the cheapest form of, of new power generation in the UK. Um, so we don't necessarily have to suffer in some of these areas. In other areas, I think we will have to make some changes. Um, diet is, is one. Uh, we do eat uh, as a as a as a society in the UK, at least certainly, we do eat too much red meat. It's not good for us, and it's certainly not good for the planet. And um, I think we will have to adapt. I, I expect we will see the food industry respond to that and developing alternative plant-based products, which actually will taste just as good as the meat products. And of course, people I'm sure will be familiar with some of the new products like Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger that are coming out. Um, so, so maybe changes that look today like they'll be very difficult actually won't be that difficult because technology and innovation will make it easier. I do think, as I said earlier, flying is, is, a, is a problem. Uh, I have two brothers who live uh, in Thailand in the, in the United States and um, you know, I, I would like to see them occasionally. Um, and there's no other way really, uh, no practical way really to see them other than flying. So um, we all enjoy flying. But it is going to become an increasing, uh, increasingly large part of the problem. And maybe, again, technology will help solve that issue. But um, that's an area that I think people need to be mindful of, certainly. Fantastic. Well, I mean, it's good to know that, that really this is going to be a fairly painless transition. On the, uh, on the meat thing, in fact, some of those non-meat products are absolutely incredible. Have you tried one of those, one of those fake burgers? I have. I have. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Yeah. They're so tasty. They're so tasty. I don't think you can. You can't get a steak yet, but you can. Uh, but um, yeah, the burgers are great. Yeah, oh, it's exciting. It's, there's lots of really, there's lots of exciting stuff going on. And as you say, I think that, you know, people are want to sometimes get a bit depressed. But I think there's there's lots of, as you say, reasons for optimism. Yes, I think so. I mean, I but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hope I haven't left you with a message that it isn't a serious challenge because <laughs> I don't think we're not just going to glide into the future. It'll be made easier if we push harder today and send the signals to the economy that we that we need new technologies that help us transition more easily. Then it'll become easier. If we wait, then it'll be more painful, um, you know, as a consequence. So the, the key message is we need to get moving as quickly as possible today and then make sure that transition is, is smoother and less painful than it might otherwise be. Optimism with action then. Indeed, yes, that's the method of putting it. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us on the Smug Money podcast today, Seb. It's been an absolute pleasure. Not at all. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. I have been Rebecca Jones, editor of Good With Money, and we've been chatting to Seb Bilo, partner at Web Asset Management. See you next time.